Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the team. Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway along with David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is John Everett from Road America. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, we got a little taste of spring a few days ago, and then, of course, the the weather turned again. But, you know, spring is a lot closer than it certainly feels, uh, or it has felt the last couple days. And uh, the first event is right around, the first kind of big event is right around the corner. And that, of course, the vintage race cars of the SVRA coming up in May. Isn't that true? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's wild is uh, we were all ready. We had uh, some grass kind of peeking out there, starting to turn green on Monday, and then we get hit with the snow. But uh, not to worry. We're it's all going to be gone uh, by the time we get uh, around to SVRA Spring Vintage Festival, May 17th through the 19th. It's kind of our first uh, event. Uh, we used to have some bookends, and we ended it with uh, via CDA Elkhart Lake Vintage Festival by Aaron's Art on Wheels. And uh, that was in September 13th to the 15th, but we're not going to end this season until September 20th through the 22nd with World Challenge. So that's exciting as well to see those guys coming back on their own weekend. And I, you know, and you know, I have a, I have a few buddies and that, that that's actually one of their favorite uh, groups out there. And, and I, I've always said, we, and we've, we've always said on the show too, if you're a gearhead and you want to see diversity and different types of cars that you see on the street, the World Challenge is certainly uh, the, the place to be, isn't it, John? It is really unique. I mean, you're, you see sports cars from probably almost every make and manufacturer out there, everything from a Bentley to a BMW to, you know, even a Mini Cooper. And that's what's really cool about that series is that uh, if you're an enthusiast, definitely every car is out there on track. In addition to, you know, all of our vintage events that we have, the WeatherTech International Challenge with Brian Redmond's got some incredible machinery, the Can-Am cars. It's going to be an MG Focus event. You know, you got the parade in downtown downtown Elkhart Lake. That's mid-July, the 18th through the 21st. But also, uh, you know, we've got uh, the NTT IndyCar Series Rev Group Grand Prix. We've got IMSA Sports Car Weekend, NASCAR Xfinity, Stadium Super Trucks. So uh, when you really think about it, if you like getting your hands dirty, working on cars, reading all the car magazines, listening to final inspection, things like that, uh, probably a season pass is your best uh, best deal of the summer. You can get over 50 events. Uh, 50 days of action 
And uh, that's right around about $10 a day. So that's uh, kind of one of the best deals in Wisconsin if you're the gearhead. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, like you said, there's just a diverse lineup there and a little bit something for everybody up there. And uh, including one of the uh, things that I think is just so neat and, and to be there in the evening, it, it just makes it even more of a special place. And that's camping. There's lots of deals for campers too, isn't there? It's really cool. You know, we like to call it America's National Park of Speed because campers get an incredible access here that you'd think you're staying in a national park when there's not cars on the track, especially with the beautiful Wisconsin sunsets. Uh, we also have four miles of fitness where people can walk, bike, and run the track on Mondays and Wednesdays. But what's really cool about camping is that you can stay until noon on Monday or noon the next day after a major event. So you kind of don't have to worry about getting up as soon as the sun comes through the tent and trying to pack everything up and get out of here. Relax. Enjoy your, your evening with uh, your neighbors and the campgrounds and talk about the great racing and then uh, mosey on out of here at your leisure the next day before noon. And that's kind of a nice added feature where people don't really have to worry about driving home. And uh, just announced uh, this week is a pretty cool uh add-on and that's uh for uh the sponsor of the ntt uh, indycar series which is the the rev group who's uh real tied in with uh, first responders fire trucks and whatnot that type of equipment and uh they they've announced a special deal for first responders this year yeah it's really cool it just came out we're very proud that the rev group a milwaukee-based company that builds all kinds of fire engines fire apparatus ambulances and a lot of specialty vehicles as well, campers and, and motorhomes of the like, uh, they've uh, saddled up and partnered with us to allow first responders, active first responders, to get in free during the NTT IndyCar Series Rev Group Grand Prix, and that's going to be June 20 through the 23rd. you got to make sure that you're an active first responder with uh, appropriate identification. That's an identification card or a badge, and uh, it's only redeemable at the gate, but it's a really cool way for Road America and the Rev Group to pay tribute to these folks who make so many sacrifices day in and day out for the local communities to protect everybody and keep everybody safe. That's police, fire, EMS, paramedics, you know, all the way up to your local county sheriffs and, and correctional officers and whatnot. Uh, if you have the proper identification and you're actively serving, make sure to uh, come on out and enjoy the races. And uh, you can come on out, bring your your family and your kids, if they're 16 years and under, they get in free. So that's a heck of a deal if you're a first responder with a family. So I guess my uh, state license uh, EMT basic that expired about 15, 20 years ago is not good. That's bad news, Jeff, isn't it? For you, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a really cool deal. And and usually, I, you know, what, what makes this, you know, this isn't just Friday. This is for the whole weekend, isn't it? Yeah, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, you know, when you're looking at events, even though we're one of the most affordable racing options uh, here in Wisconsin, uh, it's definitely a, a, a tremendous value and tremendous savings for the entire three days uh, for first responders. And let's be honest, you know, first responders from all walks of life, police, fire, and EMS, they really don't get paid enough for what they do. So anyway, we can put a little extra change in their pocket. is uh, definitely uh, looks good for everybody, and we're proud to do that because they do so much for us. Yeah, John, Jeff here. One of my favorite events from last season was the uh, stadium trucks, and it always boggles my mind, you know, how, and TV doesn't do it justice on how high and how far those guys jump off those ramps. Um, it boggles my mind how you're able to keep the track in such great condition 
with the weather that we have here in Wisconsin, and then with these huge trucks sitting there flying through the air and slamming down on it, uh, how are you able to maintain such a perfect, pristine track? We've had a lot of questions about that, and that's an excellent question. Robbie Gordon is a, a, not only a tremendous showman, a tremendous racer, but a tremendous engineer in his own right. And he really thought this through when they were designing these trucks. Robbie's raced just about every single kind of car or truck there is out there, from, from trophy trucks to Indy cars to NASCARs. So he really thought this through about how to bring an event to a facility such as Road America and be able to do it not only off track, but also on track and without harming the surface. That's the key is how can you travel all over the country and host these events on racetracks without damaging the surface. So they've carefully designed these trucks uh, alongside of the suspension uh, partners that they have, as well as the tire partners, even all the way down to the wheel partners to where constant testing and constant uh, beating and bashing on these things. Uh, they've managed to adjust the setups to where when these trucks land, tires, wheels, shocks, you know, you think your shocks are going to bottom out, your oil pans are going to hit or something like that. Uh, it never does that. And he brings drivers from all walks of life, NASCAR, open wheel, sports cars into that series. And it's really, really great to see that happen because you would think that uh, as soon as these guys land, that they would cause a huge gouge in the surface or the tires would dig up some of the asphalt or whatnot. But uh, in a lot of cases, Robbie's left uh, the racetrack a lot better than he found it. So uh, he's He's making some great strides. It's a great show. These guys fly about 20 or 30 feet in the air and 100 feet down track and top speeds. You know, you got 800 horsepower trucks with 36 inches of suspension travel. And, and these guys are just beating and banging like you would, you would expect from a NASCAR car, but they're also flying in the air at the same time. So that is definitely a show worth to see. And that's going to be August 22nd through the 24th up here alongside of Pro Trans Am with the SCCA and Formula 3 which is a really cool open wheel platform for people to get into the open wheel racing circuits as well. So something for everybody that weekend. Oh, absolutely. What was the buzz like after having the stadium trucks there the first time? Obviously it had to be pretty good since you're bringing them back. We're very, very happy to have them back. Uh, you know, it was tremendously well received because Wisconsin is, is truck country. And, uh, you know, a lot of people love their trucks, love to take care of the trucks, love to use their trucks for all kinds of different activities. So uh, when you have fans running over to the fence and, and uh, you know, it's three or four people deep, um, that's always a good sign. And uh, Robbie does a great show. If pits are open, people can come up and meet these guys, get autographs, buy souvenirs, take pictures with the trucks. So he's got a wonderful uh, show there uh, intermixed with everybody. You know, you're not closed off from anybody and you're able to, to see and feel and, and touch and, and take pictures and, and uh, really be a part of the action. And that's another great part about Road America is you're not tied to a seat. So you can watch the stadium trucks from turn five or turn three or wherever these guys are jumping and uh, still enjoy the rest of the day. And that, of course, is uh, the same weekend as the next NASCAR uh, Xfinity Series. And that's going into, I think, what, the the 10th year, starting way back when, when Carl Edwards won, the, I believe, the first race uh, the Xfinity race there at Road America. And uh, what what other special things are happening that, that weekend? Yeah, it's great to have them back additionally. And, uh, you know, we have full intentions on having them back in 2020. The date has changed to August 8th, but we don't want anybody to get discouraged because IMSA, IMSA Sports Car Weekend, will fall before NASCAR next year as well, the first weekend in August, most likely the first and second. But what's great about the NASCAR weekend and the NASCAR Xfinity Series weekend is in addition to the stadium super trucks, you've got SCCA Pro Trans Am, 
which is a great event in, in its own right. You know, uh, you've got some incredible sports cars and some incredible talent out there racing. Uh, with, the, with that Trans Am series, they're getting more and more cars involved in the series, more and more teams. So that's some incredible racing as well, especially for a road course such as Road America. And Formula 3. You know, Formula 3 is a wonderful open-wheel, up-and-coming series uh, where drivers are cutting their teeth uh, to meld into, hopefully, the IndyCar series or potentially Formula 1. So that's something to check out as well. It's kind of a, a unique weekend for somebody who likes to see a kind of all facets of motorsports. You got stock cars, you got SCCA Pro Trans Am, you got stadium super trucks and Formula 3. So there's one huge, massive, action-packed weekend, kind of the last bastion of summer. That's probably one to be here August 22nd through the 24th. Now, I know most of our listeners have probably been up to Road America a handful of times, but if there is somebody who hasn't been up there yet, what is your favorite spot to sit and watch a race from? Boy, I got to tell you, it's turn five. Uh, and, and I'm biased. I like to move around the facility. You know, we have golf cart rentals available. And this year we have uh, four seat golf cart rentals available. Get your reservations early. But uh, I like turn five because you got your jumbo screens there. There's seven of those throughout the facility. Plus, you get to see these guys coming down, making a turn, going swooping back up underneath the Corvette Bridge towards turn six. You're really, really close to the gearbox concession stand where you can smell the broth cooking and the roasted corn. Lots of people are down there, so it's some great people watching. you got some stands if you want to sit up there, or you can just sit on your golf cart or even picnic in the grass. So that's probably my favorite, but uh, we've got a light, a great trail going along from uh, turn 12 all the way up through turn 11, where you're kind of elevated above the surface. That's another great area to watch where these cars are at speed, you know, 160 miles an hour plus, barreling down towards turn 12. Turn three is a wonderful option, and you can't miss the start-finish because that's where a lot of the history is made with these guys making last-minute passes, last-ditch effort to kind of take somebody out and, and cross the finish line. So uh, 14 turns, four and a half miles, pick your poison. It's, it's still a wonderful facility no matter where you're at. Talking with uh, John Everett of Road America, and it uh, looks like um, for the 2019 season pass, so let me see if I got this right, you get 10 events with that, starting with SVRA Spring uh, Vintage Festival Weekend, correct? Yeah, 10 events, and it's a wonderful price when you think of the value. That's over 50 days of action, and you calculate that all out. It's just to be a little bit over $10 a day. You can't really go to a movie for that, and you definitely can't go to a movie and bring your kids if they're under 16 years old in for free. So uh, when you really think about it, if dad got a season pass and bought mom a ticket, uh, you're in uh, for probably only right around 30 or 40 bucks a day. That's not bad. And that includes uh, two motorcycle events, and, and the one that I really think is one of the neatest things in the Midwest is the vintage uh, Moto Fest uh, that, that occurs. And uh, you must get a wide uh, swath of people for that diverse, uh, from the real hardcore uh, motorcycle guys to some of the newer kids that are more into uh, different styles of bikes, isn't don't you, on that weekend? Yeah, if you're into Panheads and BSAs, Old Nortons, Triumphs, Victories, you know, those are going to all be here. What's cool about the weekend with the Vintage Moto Fest is there's a bike show involved in that where people can enter. And then also we've got everything from bikes to bands to beer to arm wrestling. We've got a microbrew <laughs> tasting, and there's going to be arm wrestling. There's going to be rockabilly bands from all over the country playing. You're going to have bikes on track with the Arma Vintage Motorcycle Association, bikes in the pits, people riding around on bikes. It's some incredible people watching. So we really love that event, too, because it's a great way to kind of come back near the end of July, kick back, 
really see some really cool vintage motorcycles, not only racing, but also being shown off in the pits and also being judged as far as the bike show. Um, it's a full day, full weekend of entertainment. And that's always a fun time too. kind of moved from its, its usual date to the end of July, but we think the weather's going to be a lot better at that time of year. Looking forward to that. And of course, if you want to get your 2019 season pass at road America, go to roadamerica.com and, uh, just one of the easiest websites to navigate to John, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and can't wait to get out to road America, smell the brats and, and just take everything and just it's it's one of my favorite places on earth i tell you what guys it's always fun to be on your show think spring let's get this snow out of here so we can start enjoying some racing you bet all right oh, that's yeah. john everett communications director of road america we certainly appreciate him coming on the show and make sure to get out to road america this year we'll be back on the final inspection show brought to you by legendary great lakes dragway and david hobbs honda right after this this is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. In 2019, we're with Colton Herta, fresh off his victory a couple weeks ago at CODA. Uh, welcome, Colton. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Um, looking forward to Long Beach. Oh, yeah. And how about the, how, how do you feel the season's progressing this year? It's been good. Um, it seems to be on an upward spiral uh, at the moment, so that's a good thing. Um, and, and, yeah, the progression has been great. The team's been great. Obviously, Barber wasn't the weekend that we wanted um, with, with the poor performance, but, um, you know, the most important thing, we got the win at Coda, and we were quick at St. Pete. So um, taking that from, from another street circuit onto this street circuit, we can be quick at St. Pete. Hopefully that means we can be quick here. How do you feel? I mean, that's pretty – it's unbelievable to start this year and, and get that win out of the way. I mean, it's progressing pretty quickly mm -hmm. um, for you. I mean, a win at Daytona with the BMW mm -hmm. and now Coda. Yeah. I mean, expectation and the uh, bar has been raised, wouldn't you feel? Oh, yeah. You know, I think it's a completely different circuit to this, so maybe not for this track, but we do expect a lot. Um, you know, obviously our, our plans haven't really changed going into the year. I think we still want to fight for top tens, you know, and then have the, uh, the top fives and the occasional podiums on there as well. Um, and if we can do that, I think that'd be a really good rookie campaign. Right, and a, you have a sponsor this new for this weekend. Uh, yep. King Taco is going to come aboard this weekend for the race. Kind yeah. of exciting. Yeah, King Taco, obviously a, a, a company that, that might not be too big to everyone, but it's big down here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's pretty obvious it's a taco company um, that that is is mostly in kind of the southern Los Angeles area, Long Beach, and and uh in 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 these parts so um a really good demographic for them to show their brand around and they've been kind of a sponsor and food vending here at long beach oh, yeah. mm -hmm. but it'd be it's great to so maybe give time, them a victory yeah it's the first time they'll have a primary sponsor on a car 
um, but they've, they've been supportive and, and, and you'll see their banners around the track and then all, also they'll have uh, their, their food trucks here as well. And uh, that means free tacos for you this weekend? I think so, but I think I'm going to wait and see if I win and then I'll get some tacos. What about uh, for the rest of the year now? I mean, you're still searching for a sponsor or, I mean, a um, major sponsor? Or? Yeah, I mean, we're always looking. Um, the more you can sell, the better off the team is and, and the more you can do with the car. So always looking for new, for new partners. Um, I think we got some good people actually in the works right now. So hopefully maybe we can announce something soon. And this, for, for the listeners, I mean, this year for IndyCar racing, probably the toughest rookie uh field in indycar for a long time and uh we we wish colton all the luck this weekend and hopefully uh we can get another victory soon yes thanks thank you you very much all right there he is eddie lapine of racing racingnation.com catching up with colton herta there head of the long beach grand prix coming up this weekend the hometown kid obviously wishing him luck as he uh Embarks on his rookie season in IndyCar. Coming up next, Steve Zotke is down in uh, Tinley Park, Illinois this weekend. He caught up with Merle Bettenhausen of the famous Bettenhausen Racing family. We'll hear that conversation next here on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove and also David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. I'm here, this is Steve Zotke, I'm here with Maura Bettenhausen. We're in Tinley Park, Illinois, at the Bettenhausen Recreation Center. We'll kind of explain what we're doing here in just a moment, but I wanted to uh, have Merle on because he's one of my favorite people in auto racing. He, he's a fun interview to do, and plus his history with the Bettenhausen family in racing goes way back. And there's a lot of people in Milwaukee that may remember Merle, who actually spent a, a pretty sizable amount of time in the 90s, 80s and 90s, living in the Milwaukee area. So uh, let's welcome him to the show, Merle. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Steve. It's my pleasure. Uh, I'm uh, about half a cheesehead. <laughs> and uh, it's always a delight having you on. And we had you on last year. Uh, we were talking some, and it didn't. We maybe just kind of got a little bit of the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. But there's so much there involved with the Bettenhausens. And when I found out that they were doing a uh, uh, a marker for, uh, for the Bettenhausen family, and what better place to do it in Tinley Park, where it all began. And, of course, your father was a famous uh, racing driver who had a lot of ties to Milwaukee, was very popular in Milwaukee because uh, he ran so much in Wisconsin, especially at the Milwaukee Mile. And that started in midgets in the, in the late 30s, just before the war, didn't it? Yes, he used to talk about Milwaukee being his home away from home. And if there was ever a favorite track he had, it was the Milwaukee Mile. Prior to that, uh, when they raced midgets on the quarter mile dirt track, uh, he would go up there every Friday night and uh, probably one of his favorite tracks. And I think he won a few races and beat a few of those uh, uh, Milwaukeeans, Milwaukee people up there. But uh, it was always a very friendly place to my dad. 
And then, of course, the, the, the war interrupted not only his career, but everybody's career. But after the war, um, he really started to hit his stride and drove for the Marchese brothers, uh, uh, Tom and Carl, and, and for the family. But also then again, once again, began, really hit his stride after the war. And, of course, Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, and then all the other tracks, too. But as was the as you had to be back in those days, your, your dad raced everything, didn't he? From stock cars, midgets, and Indy cars. Yes, uh, he did. And back in the, uh, in the fifties, they used to have, uh, during fair week, they'd run a midget race on Thursday, stock car race on Saturday, and then the champ car, Indy car race on Sunday. And my dad's last year, there was 1960 and he won the midget race on Thursday uh, won the stock car race on Saturday and was leading the Indy car race with 183 laps to uh, 183 laps gone and the rear end went out of it. So he almost had a clean sweep the last time he raced at Milwaukee and he was 43, year, 43 years old at that time. So it was pretty remarkable that uh, at that age to still be a winner. And that's a... Uh, uh yeah, it was kind of a sad situation, but I mean, it, it was a, a shot of your father actually on the cowl, on the back cowl, sitting on the roll bar guiding the car because uh, the rear end started to heat up and the, the seat caught on fire. So it was getting a little bit too hot for your dad, and he's up on the roll bar steering it back to the pits. Yes, that was uh, that was his last year at, at Indy, uh, driving the Dowgard car, and uh, I think he was running fourth or fifth, and the rear end went out and. So his last his last racing at in competition at the Indy 500 was uh, done with him sitting on the the tail of the race car, driving the car with his feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, but uh, at Milwaukee too, there was a situation. He was up on the on the so. But uh, yeah, I mean, driving the roadsters and actually driving a, a Ford for Roger Ward in that race that weekend. Uh, that was the old Jerry Unzer car, yes. and that was a, a marvelous car that Ford, because Jerry Unzer won won the championship in it. Roger Ward bought it. He won a couple of races, and even your father won a race in it. Yes, uh, I think he won three races at uh, Milwaukee between in 1959 and 1960, and it was it was his little favorite car, and it was it was kind of unique because Roger Ward was driving for the factory Mercury team. And uh, had, they'd come in with semis. You know, everybody has a semi now, but back then it was pretty unique. And uh, unload these three race cars. I think AJ drove for him, and I think uh, Ward, and might even been Parnelli. And then my dad, uh, with just kind of a cast-off side team, uh, I think he beat him two or three times in a row at Milwaukee. So uh, it was one of his favorite cars. And of course, uh, your fa- your uh, brother Gary was the oldest, and his his career started a couple years later in the USAC stock cars, I believe, driving a Dodge. And uh, it wasn't easy for for Gary right away, was it? He st- he came across a couple fellas that had a construction company in Tinley Park. This is the fall of 1962. And uh, I don't know if they had too much beer, not enough beer, or whatever. But <laughs> Gary talked him into. To, he said, "I can build a stock car. We can race in USAC." And so he went down to Bettenhausen Dodge and he bought a Dodge Cornet off the showroom floor and took the car back into 
Beckstein Construction Company where there was D8 cats and bulldozers and different things sitting around. And here's Gary tearing the interior out and taking a torch to a brand new Dodge Coronet. And he built his own race car and uh, had some uh, some problems. Young guy, never had driven for anything but go-karts and uh, out there racing against. And that was when AJ drove stock cars and Ward and Parnelli and so the competition was was pretty intense. And, uh, of course, then he started to get pretty good at it. Next thing you know, he's racing Indy cars and, and sprint cars and winning championships in the sprint cars and that and uh, became a very successful driver. And then next came uh, Merle Bettenhausen. <laughs> and uh, quite quite the midget driver, weren't you, back in the day? I, you, you, you always say, oh, I wasn't that great of a driver, but you were pretty talented. I'm kind of unique. I, I won... Uh eight USAC midget races, uh, one, uh, one with one arm and seven with two arms. But, but uh, I started in midgets after I got out of the Army in 1967 and won my first race in September of 1968 at Indianapolis Raceway Park and was, a, was in the top ten in points, top five several times, and was just trying to get my credentials so I could move up and, uh, and uh, get an IndyCar ride. And, uh, of course, that happened once. Well, uh, more than once. I mean, you were running. You ran for Grand King at the Speedway in '72, but you didn't make the race. But uh, you got a little bit of experience there. Then, unfortunately, uh, the the race at Michigan, and uh, it's one of these situations where a horrible thing happened. Uh, you hit the wall, car caught on fire trying to get out, and and it went towards the wall again. And unfortunately, you lost your right arm in it. But you were able to overcome that, and you've you've taken a negative, made it into a positive. Uh, you actually returned to racing with a, with a prosthetic arm, but um, you eventually retired after Gary got hurt again. And I think it's pretty cool what you you've been able to do with that. And let's talk briefly about uh, what you've been doing. Well, you you. you there's so much here. My brain is just going 100 <laughs> miles an hour. But uh, you actually lived in Wisconsin. You worked at Kreitzfield, managed the airport, yes. and then you also worked for uh, Wild. And then you, you also did a, a lot of uh, uh, speeches, too, uh, how you overcame that. And what you're doing now is going, I think, which is really, really neat, is going to the VA in, Indiana, in Indianapolis. And t- tell us a bit about that. I, I felt like... Uh my situation was kind of unique, and uh, and losing an arm, and uh, and and then starting racing again. And uh, th- this sounds crazy, uh, but uh, I had people come up to me and and literally look me straight in the eye and say, "Merle, you drive a race car better with one arm than you did with two. And jokingly, I say that sounds like a left-handed compliment, <laughs> but but reality is that. Uh, I, I really found out uh, in driving a race car with one arm that, uh, that your life is successful or a failure mostly by your state of mind, your attitude, and, and believing in yourself that you can do anything. And, and that's the message I, I try to spread. And I retired from uh, being an advertising manager in 2010 and immediately became a, a volunteer at the VA hospital in Indianapolis. And and I, I work in conjunction with the American Legion, and and our day at the Speedway is is on uh, on Monday, and so uh, I go in there and I do visitation to uh, the fellas uh, 
in the hospital and uh, I try to put a smile on their face and and then I, I'm a facilitator for we have meetings with uh, veterans that have PTSD so trying to give back a little bit of uh, things that I've thought of and gone through and and, uh, and having this and I don't call it a handicap it's an inconvenience but uh, it's a uh, it's mind over matter mm-hmm. we're talking with Merle Bettenhausen this is Steve Zotke on the final inspection show in Tinley Park Illinois and uh, where we're going to be at a dedication of a marker. We're going to actually talk about that coming up next on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And Steve Zotke back on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. I'm in Tinley Park, Illinois, where I'm at the Tony Bettenhausen Recreational Center in Tinley Park on 171st, which is kind of like the main drag. For those not aware where Tinley Park exactly is, I guess you could say it's the southwest side of Chicago. Uh, and back in the day, I'm here with Merle Bettenhausen of the Bettenhausen family. And back, your family farm was actually on this 60 area plot of land, wasn't it? Yeah, there's 60 acres here with the farm, and, it, and initially there was a, it was a 240-acre plot. My grandfather, Christian Bettenhausen, bought this property in the late 1880s. In 1890, he built the family farm. My dad was the youngest of eight children. My dad was born in 1916. And this, this farm ground, uh, he raised eight children. When my dad was only two years old, he was out picking corn with a horse and wagon, and the horse reared up, kicked my grandfather, my dad's dad, in the stomach, and he died of a ruptured appendix. And so my dad grew up never having that son-father connection that that we all love if you you have a dad. and. And your and a son together, and uh, so the, this property uh, was farmed by the eight children. But my dad, every time he went out in the barn, he looked at a horse. He thought to himself, "You you took my dad from me." Yeah. So he started reading up the minute he could read about cars and automobiles, and uh, we're talking about 1918, 1920. And he heard about a racetrack in Southside Chicago called Riverview Park. And before he could even drive, he had his brothers take him down there and look at these midget races there. And uh, and that's actually mm-hmm. the, the horse taking his dad away sure. drove him to automobiles, which led him to being an Indy 500 driver. And uh, and this is a really nice facility. It's a recreational center, uh, but it's also uh, there's also like a workout section for for a lot of seniors come here. And just kind of explain uh, how this all came about quickly. Uh, th- this was built in 2001. It was a referendum that the people of Tinley Park voted on, 
And so they built it, and they've added on to it with a fitness center. They have a wave pool outside. They have a lit baseball diamonds and soccer fields at night, uh, indoor running track, three basketball courts inside of it. And it's just the most beautiful place, and, and it's got my dad's name on it, and, and that just gives me goosebumps every time I come up here. It's a pretty neat deal, and, and today they're dedicating a marker. Uh, it's the American Memorial Racing Association, and they've done a bunch of these in, in, in Indiana for uh, a whole bunch, like Pat O'Connor is one of them, and they've done it for Wilbur Shaw and that. And they're kind of branching now into the into the Midwest. And this is the first one outside the state of uh, uh, state of Indiana. I thought it was a per- so appropriate for the Bettenhausens. And uh, I, I guess our time's up, bro. <laughs> but anyways, uh, they're they're, they're going to be doing the dedication here in the next uh, forty five minutes. So I wanted def I, I really wanted to be part of this, and uh, thank you for taking out time for taking some time out and talking to the listeners. Not only in Milwaukee, but we also have a lot of online listeners in in Illinois, St. Louis, and 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 a lot in Indianapolis. So appreciate you taking time out and looking forward to this. And, and just real briefly, what does this mean to you today? This is something that uh, I, I tell people when I look at the Tony Bettenhausen Recreation Center, this is prior to what's going to happen today. I said that one of the biggest words I use in my life is perpetuity. And to look at this, and it's a state-owned or county-owned facility that my dad's name will live in perpetuity. And, and now to have a, the first historical racing marker outside of the state of Indiana and have my dad's name on it is... Uh, very, very special. Gives me goosebumps. Well, thank you, Murrow. Certainly appreciate you taking time out with us, and we'll, we'll have to do this again. Uh, there's just so much information. We could have done two full shows on the Bettenhausen family. So thank you, Murrow, for taking time out. And uh, you've been listening to the Final Inspection Show, uh, and uh, we'll actually have some more. I'll be posting uh, on social media some of the photos and that today. So uh, thanks for uh, taking time out, and we'll talk to you again. Steve Zotke and the Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan wrapping up here. Last couple of minutes for this week's edition. Show, of course, is brought to you by the Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda right there in Green Bay Road in Glendale. Steve Zaki joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Tinley Park, Illinois. Is that correct, Steve? Yes, sir. I am. So busy day down there today. It is. It's a pretty neat uh, uh, deal that they're having down here for the Benhausen family. And uh, a lot of people filling in the recreational center now, which uh, is a lot larger than you may think. <laughs> it's got a couple wings on here, and they got uh, lots of facilities. I mean, they got a, a, a pool here. They got outdoor water park, and uh, it, it's quite a neat place. And, you know, I got here before some of the people, and I'm just watching car after car pull in and people coming out and, all you know, young, old, everything else in between coming in to either work out or meeting people here or whatever. It's quite the hive of activity here. Sounds like another highfalutin activity that you've been criticized <laughs> so much for uh, on this show by, by Jeff and others. But, you know, obviously uh, you got to do what you got to do. So the talk of the, the talk of the racing world, I think this week, Steve, was just kind of the lack of attendance 
at Bristol last week, but they have a chance to bounce back this week, right, in Richmond? Yeah, Richmond is, uh, you know, Jeff and I always say it's, it's one of our favorite tracks. Uh, it, it's one of the raciest tracks um, and more one of the most Racy, I like that word. On, on the circuit. And, uh, I, you know, I heard Jeff earlier today, you know, talking about how he's looking forward to watching Race Me too, because uh, it, 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 it's, it's what NASCAR should be. You know, multiple cars dicing for position and not, you know, shouldn't have to worry about, you know, getting pushed off to the side and arrow push and all these other terms that we're hearing nowadays. We just want car, you know, fast cars and, and, and drivers getting added on the track, which is something you'll, you'll see tonight. Well, and, and do you think NASCAR is in serious trouble? I mean, you know, well, well I, you know, NASCAR is, is, is they're, they're, they're in trouble, but like, you know, Jeff and I just spoke about earlier, they're, they're, they're not going away, but uh, there's definitely going to be some changes as across sports. You know, I, I think you're going to see changes, and you're you're seeing people talking about other sports too, whether it's baseball or, or whatnot, and football. The changes that they, you know, with with the safety and football and whatever whatever it is, there's going to be lots of changes across the board, and not only just sports, I think, but just how people live their lives and how everything is evolving on when it comes to technology too. So. Yeah. It's going to be a different world in the next ten years. Yeah, it's, we're almost going to. Are we hitting a cr- critical mass? I guess is maybe what you're getting at there, where it's like sports and in general have become. You know, the TV right, contracts you know. are just out of control, and then you know, right. by, and the ticket prices and everything. Like, is ticket prices an issue for NASCAR? I, I doubt it. Is that one of the things, but, though? You know, I think you're seeing this with with some of the baseball contracts and that, and just the, the financial structure. How everything's changing is you're going to be had you're going to have that one guy on the team that makes all the money, and then everybody else kind of files in underneath. Whether it's football, we see that in basketball too, and now you're seeing that in baseball with the big contracts that have been signed, you know, during spring training. So it, it's just it, there's a lot of changes, and whether we like it or not, that's the way it's going to be. Whether it's technology or, or just the, for the recreational dollar. And you mentioned big money guys, and I think that's a big issue for NASCAR too. With with no Junior, no Jeff Gordon, uh, Jimmy Johnson switching sponsorships and all that, and you know. I think, and I think you're seeing that. That's why somebody like Matt Kenseth isn't driving because there just isn't the sponsorship money to support somebody like Matt, and he doesn't feel like he he needs to take a as much of a pay cut as some of the teams want him to take. So. Uh, that's unfortunately one of the financial realities in NASCAR today. There he is, Steve Zotke, coming up later today on the fan is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on deck show, and Jeff will be back for that. Jeff Orlowski actually getting getting everyone set, all the listeners out there for Brewers and Dodgers game two. Steve, what what have you thought, or what are your thoughts yeah. on early season Brewers? A well needed win last night, yes sir. Uh, you know they certainly it paid it paid the fans dividends who stayed up to watch the race or the. <laughs> the game last night because uh it looked you know you're like you know this is not the 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 corbin burns that we were thinking we were getting and and it does not hit the panic button a lot of baseball to to be played yet so but it'll be interesting to see uh when the you know the pitching starts coming around and and all the everybody starts firing on, on on all eight cylinders so uh it's this is an exciting time for wisconsin sports fans i mean with the Brewers 
you know, one game from the World Series last year and, and doing so well early on. They had a little glitch here recently, but and then of course the Bucks. I mean, it, it's it's been must be really special for you following the Bucks this year, uh, Mitch. Oh yeah, I mean I've been a Bucks fan my entire life pretty much, and obviously the best season of my lifetime. So we we certainly hope that they don't pull a Tampa Bay Lightning and win 60 games and go ahead and lose the first two at home in the postseason. Yep. I, I don't see any way that happens personally against Detroit, who a team they've dominated pretty much all season. So we'll have to see what happens. Obviously, that game's at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Brewers, 8 o'clock tonight. Again, the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin on deck show coming up at 7 here on The Fan. Thanks for a couple of minutes, Steve, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see you. We'll talk to everybody next week. All right, there he is, Steve Zaki. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019. Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. That's going to do it for the final inspection show this week. Of course, it's brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Weather's not great, but you can still get out there. Also, the show is brought to you by David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. We'll talk to you guys next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.